Hey, Assalamu alaikum. This is Maruf, your host from Muslims on Fire. And today I have a brother Amin from uh, Vancouver. This is the other side of Canada. I am based in Toronto. So we're going to have today heart to heart conversation about his journey. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, brother Amin. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Alaikum salam. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. So uh, your pen name is Muslim Shepherd. Right. This yeah. is what you write under about. Uh, inshallah, we'll come to that. Um, but before that, tell us, um, tell us, take us to your childhood. Tell us about uh, a bit about where you were born, and what inspired you when growing up. Like just as maybe a memory or two. Go ahead, please. So I'm born in France, and after I stayed here maybe three years, and my parents decided to go back to Morocco. So my father always wanted to go back to Morocco. He's very attached to his land. Uh, after that, we just came, we came back first. He joined us later, and we stayed together for a while. And after my parents divorced, so I stayed a little bit with just my father. He got remarried, and I have like three, five, three brothers in Morocco. And about my childhood, it was I was a calm. I was a calm child. My mother told me even when I was a baby, I was calm. I never cried for food. So this this temper always stay with me. I think till till now. Um, I was good at school, and somehow I understood what the teachers are looking for, and so I always found studying very easy. The only problem that I had is I was daydreaming a lot. So my homeworks take me a lot of time, not because it was difficult, but I was always thinking about a thousand things at the same time. I see. Yeah. Interesting. We'll go deep down on this one. Before that, you mentioned your parents were divorced, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and you stayed with your father instead of your mother. Yeah. My mother went, uh, went, went back to France. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I joined her later when I was, when I was 19. But at the beginning, I stayed with my father. He never wanted me to leave. I think he's, he loves me a lot. Probably oh, the yeah. reason. <laughs> I see. I mean, was a decision made for you or you made that decision yourself? No, I didn't make any decision. Like uh, when they were divorced, my, my mom was in another city. She was in Casablanca and my father was at Marrakesh. Every summer, he would come to pick me up and I would spend the summer with him and he would drop me to my mom. But one summer, my grandfather, he was just at the front house and he told my father to take me back with him. He said, your son is not happy, happy here, take me, take me back. And this is what happened. He didn't give any reason. I don't know how my grandfather felt it, but he felt it and he just told it to my father. My father take me back. My mom, when she came to work, she didn't know, any, she didn't know anything about it. So she got angry, I guess, and she just decided to go back to France. Hmm. So she stayed in France. Uh, she went there as a tourist, and after she she was illegal there for a while. So that's why I haven't seen my mom for ten years. So I, I could meet her at seventeen. So maybe they divorced when I was six, something like that. I don't remember the exact uh, years, but I met my mom like ten ten years later. Basically. I mean, for, for a young kid from seven to seventeen, there's ten. I mean, this is a moment that you need your mother the most, right? 
I just would like yeah. to know, did you feel anything? Uh, like, did you yeah. miss? I mean, of course you miss your mom, but I just want to understand yeah. your, to be, try to be in your shoes at that moment. I think the first thing when I was a kid is like, I was shocked because my parents never fought. So I never heard them like fighting or shouting or anything like this. I just went back from school one day and there was boxes and put your toys and stuff inside and that's it, what's happening? You don't understand a lot, lot of mm. what's happening. This was the first shock. And the second shock is when my father gets remarried, my, my mother, now she's a mother, but at the beginning it was difficult because she, she had another mindset. My mom is a little bit like westernized and my other mom is like old school so the, it's you mean your stepmom stepmom his stepmom yeah but in morocco now it's 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 kind of my mom but now i have i'm lucky i have two moms but at the beginning the communication was difficult you were the you were the eldest child yeah oh i see i'm the only one from my parents and after i had like three brothers from my father then i have two sisters in france from my mom I see. So both those you are the you are the you are the connecting dot. You are the connecting dot. Exactly, and I had the chance like to grow with each one, each one of them separately. Like in in Morocco, I grew up with my brothers, so I'm very close to them. And when I arrived to France, my sister was like one year, two years old, so I get to know them a bit. So there is no distance between me and them. I see. Mm. I see. I see. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And. Uh, You were discussing, when we were discussing about the school, you mentioned that you were good at school. Um, there was a point I was going to ask you. Um, I think I, I, I forgot that one. There was, you mentioned about school. Do you remember? I said, we will come back to that. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, school, uh, homework, daydreaming. Daydreaming part. That's what I want yeah. to know. Mm -hmm. uh, tell, tell me, what would you daydream about? Is it some kind of recording patterns? Yes. I don't know, I was just staring at the sky and, and dream and go back to uh, another universe. So imagination, be, imagination. Yeah, imagination. Uh, so it can be a whole world of my, my creation. I don't know exactly where I'm going, but I get, I get lost in, in my thought. Okay, okay. Um, sounds good. Uh, so from 10 to 17, you were, as you said, you were in, in Morocco, and then you moved to, you moved to France, I guess, when you were 17, is that correct? Yeah, I moved when I was 19. Got it. And then Got I did it. my whole study there. What did you study, brother? I study economy. Okay, why economy? Mm, because I asked like a counselor at university, and they showed me some mathematic formula, and they told me, do you understand? That's probably yes. I asked them, I want something that related to traveling. I want to travel after. So then if you understand those formulas, just go there. Because what happened before in Morocco is I got sick for a long period and it a little bit disturbed all my plans. So I didn't finish high school when I was in Morocco. Mm. So I was stuck in my room for like nine months. I uh, couldn't get out. I didn't finish my studies. And even at spiritual level, it broke a little bit my, my, my patterns. That's why a little bit like, we will come back to it later, but writing is related to this period of my life when I got sick, when I start praying, when I have many misconceptions about God and what it ought to be to be a Muslim. I see. Uh, and my whole life was, the rest of my life was research and try to reconnect again, but in different ways. 
not in the way uh, I learned Islam at the beginning. Interesting. So you are kind of rediscovering Islam. Exactly. Interesting. This is this is what I was when I say that we delete everything I know and we start from the beginning with the foundation with God at the center with Allah at the center of everything and it changed a lot of things in the way I see Islam and and appreciate it more. I don't feel it like a chore anymore like when I was young. I I I like it. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, uh, brother, I mean that I think I myself went through something similar, but not in that context. As I, as I was talking to you earlier, I, I'm originally from Uzbekistan, but I, I was living in Denmark, so it's like a cultural <laughs> shock for me, like uh, to come from this country uh, and always begin to ask this question: Why am I here, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I understand when you think you did this discovery in, in the context. Like, if you don't mind, I would like to, like, with you, go back to that uh, story and what happened. And, and if you, because I think that could be very interesting and it could be maybe even defining moment to what you do today. Would you agree? Yes, totally defining moment. So go is... ahead. Take us back to what happened there. Share as much uh, as you can, as, you, as, much, as much you are comfortable, though. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, so, as we said, I was good at school. And this... Um, I kept it in the like secondary school. And when I went to high school, my grades started getting lower, started getting bad because it was harder. I chose mathematics and it was a hard, uh, hard field at that moment. So I said, okay, I'm working a lot. I don't get that much. I need to ask uh, Allah for help. So at that moment, I never prayed in my life. So I don't know how to pray. I don't have like a, a religious uh, upbringing. So I had to learn by myself. So you were like 15, 16 years old? Yeah, 15, 16. And so I learned how I was friend. They gave me books, tapes, things like that. So I started learning how to pray and all the stuff. My friend told me there is a, one guy that gave some courses. And, uh, you learn how you learn about Quran and Tafsir and Hadith. And also he was a big head in mathematics, so it was good for me. Like, like I had two things at the same time. Mm. This is how my journey with Islam started and all, all, all the learning. Um, at that moment, my family had like financial difficulties at the same time. So we're getting like, it's getting tougher and tougher. My, my dad had like a farm and there's not that means that much income. So I have this, this difficult financial situation and I see that studying will help my family in the future so getting sick it's like close the only door that i was thinking about at that time so for me it's like that's it there is no no more hope nothing with how can, i'm gonna do how i'm gonna help my family it's like my last resort is it's it's shut and and at that moment i get angry like uh, I pray in, I try to do my best, the best I can. My other friends don't care about study. They go party and stuff. And me that I'm praying, all those things happen to me. So I get angry with God. Like, why do you do this to me? I, I'm doing everything right. It's not fair. It's not fair. And this is where, like, I get distanciated from Islam a little bit. Because all those misconceptions that I had before, how it's like me, I'm ordering God what, I, what is good to me. Like, I know better than him. It's, it, it sounds stupid, but I understand it afterwards. But at that time, this is how I was thinking. I see. I see. I mean, that's that's a common thing, isn't it? Like, that's, I mean, if you look at world, most of the 
most of the misconceptions come that we look at the world, we say it's not fair. Why, some, why someone has more wealth than me? Why mm -hmm. has someone more fame than me? Why was someone has more beauty than me? Right? Mm. You can replace yeah. it with anything you want. Yeah. And at that moment, what you are saying, as you said, is that what you're saying is to God is God, look, I know better. What you're not, what you're being is unjust, you know? That's what you're saying, exactly. much, right? Yeah, exactly. And you're, you're comparing yourself to others and you don't understand that your life is separated from them. Even if you know them, even, even if they are close to you, their, their life is separate. You, are, you have your own path. And when you are not focused on your own path, you don't see your gifts and your blessing, even in difficult situations. So, how you, mm. well, again, on the, to be honest, on the other side, you are, you are probably 17, 16, you know, it's like a teenager revolting age, yeah. you know, which is okay. So what's important is, I guess, uh, to be honest, like, how did you break this pattern of thinking? How did you come about this? Like, because at this point, some people would do, you'd say, you know, mm. screw this. Why am I doing this to God, mm. which I'm, if I'm the good guy, if I'm praying, even gives me all this. And I see my other friends, they're not praying, they're getting best. Screw mm. this. I'm just going to go. Don't, don't, why, why am I putting you in this situation? You know, there is a one path, mm. but you didn't take that path, did you? So you take the other path. I just want to understand what happened in the shift in thinking. What happened there? Uh, actually, I took the wrong path. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't take oh, the right good. path. I okay. was very happy if I took the, the, the right path. But that's okay. Yeah, Sometimes you have to take the wrong one to learn how to the right one. Huh? <laughs> exactly. So I took the wrong one. I stopped playing. And I just when I went to France, I just lived my life. Like, uh, yeah, the only connection I had in, in, with Islam at that point is just like fasting Ramadan. I started praying from time to time, but I never felt this connection like before. So, and it just getting worse and worse. The and core worse. was still that, that, that unfairness, right? The core was that still that you didn't see the point. Is that, is that the right? The, 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 it was a little bit of anger and a uh, little bit of I never look to understand how things working. So, yes, I was kind of complaining and blaming like, like the devils did. Uh, mm -hmm. It was the, like the creation of Adam. The devil said... Uh, I want, don't want to. I don't want to obey this order. And after what he did, he blamed Allah to have like have this test. So it's a little bit uh, a devil attitude. Like I have this test, and I will say Allah. Rebellion. Put me, rebellion. Yeah. Rebellion. You put me in this situation. I was super good, and I was super right, and I was a, like a perfect Muslim. And look what you did to me. It's all your fault. And when you you blame, you never find the solution to your problem. And you become a little bit blind. That's why when I read like some passages on the Quran about blindness and deafness, it resonates with me because for years I was blind. You don't see anything else when you blame others or you blame or you blame God. It's all their fault, and you don't try to fix your yours and take responsibility for it. Mm, absolutely. Um, so something must have changed, though. You took the path, you, you started not praying much, you came to France, so something must have changed. Uh, what did you, what was that? What, what changed? Change is, uh, as, like, I lock myself in my comfort zone, and kind of, I build walls around me. You know, when, you have, you, when you don't have this spiritual connection, at least for me, it was important, and it wasn't there anymore, 
So I lost confidence. I start locking myself in my comfort zone. And I see it like you are surrounded by walls. You let nothing new comes in. You don't go out. So you don't challenge yourself. You don't grow. But when you don't grow what you do, you are dying slowly, slowly, slowly. So years after years, my chest getting tired. I don't find my place. Uh, nothing is satisfying me. I'm doing my work well, but I don't feel anything. Little by little, I just like I get rejected for my own reason. That's how I start traveling. Like I couldn't take it anymore. I think Tony Robbins speak about something like this when you start changing when you can't tolerate something anymore, and change happens in a second somehow. It for you it was before super complicated to change, but when you reach that point where you can't tolerate anymore, you just change in a second. You do what it takes to change, and this is I say, okay, I don't know the solution. Uh, I need to change environment because this is what holding me back. I have a certain environment that I need to change. I get out from my family, from my friends, from all my habits. So it's, you you really want to change your environment because somehow you felt got stuck in that in that in that setting, huh? Exactly. Because like even when I think, uh, I'm stuck in kind of a loop because I I don't learn anything new. So I have the same ideas that came back, came back, and it just drives me crazy. So I'm not looking for solution, um, and I just get stuck somehow in my thought, in my environment, in everything. Did you feel that you were stuck? Yeah, I felt I was trapped, that I couldn't get out of it. And for you, that you said, okay, look, something it doesn't make sense. I keep doing the same thing, <laughs> but expecting a different result. Like Einstein, exactly. Einstein said, this is uh, the definition of insanity. So you said, I'm going to change the environment, right? So this this is what you started traveling, I guess. This is why I started traveling. So and you were you were you were in France at that point, weren't you? Yeah, I was in France. I was in France. I was working for the same company for like two years and a half. Uh, and they offered me promotion, helped me uh, to have a loan and and buy a flat and all those stuff. But this life, it just it, it makes me even more sick because it, it it didn't make any sense for me. Even if you give me cars, money. Uh, something is missing something, something. is missing that, that, that it wants to, to get out uh, my chest is tight I need to find a way out so I see how I, what were you doing uh, if you don't mind me asking you so what, what was your profession what were you doing exactly at that moment I was working for a company that's sitting doors and windows so, okay. the, um, so I was at the office by myself and, and the owner was going to visit like customer and things like that so I was doing like all the codes and scheduling and coming customers and things like that. So Got as it. he was a nice person, I stayed with him because he has like great values. He was from Tunisia. Uh, but normally I don't stay more than three months in any job because I found like, especially in France, I met a lot of bad leaders. And so I don't, I don't stay in work with a bad atmosphere in general. I understand. I understand. Yeah. So um, where did you go? How did you decide where to go though? So I heard about this this working holiday visa where you can like work and at the same time travel. Like so you're like, talking about like remote work before, way before COVID. <laughs> this is way before COVID. I know, but this I'm just is... you 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 you're thinking like that, right? I can work remotely from anywhere I want, I guess. Yeah. Okay. No, but the, the, this this kind of visa is yeah you can travel and work. And they have like a partnership between France and Australia and other countries. Oh, okay, so, okay. It's like a seasonal worker. Is it? Is that? Is that it? Yeah, it's it's seasonal worker. Got it. Got it. And, okay. uh, yeah. So I applied when I heard about that visa. I applied for it and I prayed 
Hold on. So not. even this, like when you're praying, but you're not fully there yet, but you're you still have some faith, iman. You think God just guide me? Is is that right? Yeah, because yeah, you haven't really that. fully fully kind of rediscovered Islam yet at the point. Are you, have you? No, no, at that point, no. Uh, but but still, still, there's something like, left. There's something left. Yeah, yeah, there's still something left. And so I was like always making dua. People like, guys, me, help me. There's only you're angry to God, but still making God. You know, maybe this one will go through. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So when I went to Australia, it's like the first year was nothing really happened. It's just like working, meeting new people. But just before ending the visa, I start meeting new people. And especially there was like two girls convert from, from that they were coming from France. So they didn't know Arabic. They didn't know that much about religion. But when they spoke about Allah, they spoke with so much passion that I just like something started moving inside me and they were asking me for explanations. So I had to do like my ablution, clean myself, hold the Quran, start reading, translate it for them. And this is how my connection starts rebuilding. Okay, and hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm. So you came back to Australia, you said, you, you, you went to Australia, the first year was okay. So can you give me, so the, like, how did you end up being around Muslims? That's what I want to understand. You, you seek that environment? No, I didn't seek that environment. Actually, I was in a place where there was no Muslim. There was like uh -huh. all young people from all around the world. Okay. And it was all about working and partying. But inside that hostel, there was this two girls that came from, from France. And they were like newly converts. That they were ah. converts in France and they come back here and they start traveling. And they end up That's in sure. that hostel. So even in the unprovable place, you find someone like a Muslim who talks about religion. So two, two, two new Muslim girls, not you revert girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were asking about you, about the religion. Yeah, so and slowly... Out of all started, people. <laughs> yeah, because most of the people, they weren't Muslim there. Ah, so, I see. I yeah, see. so I see. they were asking me. So I started connecting slowly. And I like this passion. It was talking about just love not like in, in when i was in morocco it's like curious thing at that time god is always scary it, it always looking for like a way to punish you when the first time i start hearing about god is loving is from christian it's not from muslim but this is something like i understood later when i start like looking for myself but at, at the beginning god is this scary thing that always looking for a reason absolutely to you know, uh, so I want to mention something I learned recently when you're mentioning about Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, I think it's based. I, I can't remember the exact reference, but I think it's based on either. I think I heard recently. So, so there are three types of connection with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, right? As a Muslim, so one is the based on fear, like you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. You do this because you're afraid, right? Mm -hmm. Even the one that when 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 people say taqwa, have have fear of Allah, have fear, right? Mm -hmm. Fear. Yes, but taqwa doesn't mean exactly fear. Taqwa means consciousness, right? It means yeah. being God conscious, not, not fear. But anyway, so the first is the taqwa is the fear. You do your because of your fear. And next one, the second type of connection is like a tradesman. You say, Allah SWT, I'm going to pray for you and ask for you. And Allah SWT gives them. You know, it's like an exchange. Yeah. And that's also okay, fair enough. So, but the third one, the degree is, as you said, the being in a compassion and love. Right? Mm -hmm. You do this because you love Allah SWT. Allah SWT loves you. And that's the level you are talking about, right? You are yeah, listening exactly. from this, not the first one. You had the first one. 
I had right? the first one, yeah. That's right, that's right. Go I ahead, had sorry. the first one, and we start changing in Australia when I meet this, this, these two girls. And after this, I went to, uh, to Indonesia for a trip. So I went to Java, and I met many Muslims there. Okay. And they were, like, kind and nice, and I hear other. So that, that trip in particular starts, like, changing me. And I decided that when I would go back to Australia, I would take all my stuff and go to the other side of Sydney where I would be by myself. So my change started with these two girls traveling to Indonesia, coming back to Australia and changing my environment to go to another part of the city where nobody knows me. Hold on. Um, so when you're going to Indonesia, you're going with these two girls? No, no, I go, I go uh, by myself. Your own. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I'm going on my own. And when I went back to Australia, I just like run something else in the other part of the city where mm. I will be by myself. And even like the weekends, I ask my company that I want to work the weekends. So nobody calls me. I'm always busy and give me only the Friday free. So I can go to the mosque and do my prayers. And this is where all my cleansing started. At the same time, my English are getting better because I came to Australia and knew maybe a hundred words in English. My English start getting better. I start listening to lecture of you know, man Ali Khan who explaining the Quran. I start listening to this lecture. So this is like the second year in Australia was the cleansing part, and where I made all my plans for for the future. Okay. So, so I, I I saved a lot of time because like when I changed my lifestyle, like overnight I had no more friends. All people that were around me, there was like there, there is no more connection possible. So I, I was by myself, and I had a lot of time to dedicate, like to reading Quran. And so you were in solitude in a way. Of course, you were surrounded by people, but you you are not with the friends and family. So you had the time to reflect, isn't it? Exactly. At that time, the second year, I was just by myself. Like um, in the morning, I will I will read Quran, listening to 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 lectures, and during the night, I will after work sit by the beach and just by myself and think and write what I want to do later on. Okay, so if walk us through, if you don't mind. So, when you're thinking, uh, how is are you? Are your like worldview is also shifting, like what's going on in your, inside your head? I mean, there are a lot of thoughts, but an overview. What's going on? Is what there must be some kind of battle going on? There must be some kind of thoughts or different things. What's going on in, in Amin's head at that time? I think like when I start uh, cleansing myself, I start. Op- seeing things differently and all the part of my life that I didn't understood starts making sense. Start like where where it went wrong, where how did I um, read my story and and write another one. Like the way I I told the story to myself was totally wrong and I needed to find answer and I need to search for them. And also I need to be more consistent in the future. Because what, 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 what happened is when I was in France, I was in this comfort zone. So I was never challenged. So I decided to seeking discomfort will be my motto in the future. I will do the things that are uncomfortable to me. So this is was the last part of the travel. This is what I was seeking to do. So I went uh, skydiving, scuba diving, going to China and training in a Shaolin school, uh, across the whole country with uh, my rib broken. Go to Nepal and hike till five thousand four hundred. Um, hold on, hold on. Is it your to-do list? But actually, you did these things. No, I did these things. 
You really put yourself out of comfort zone on purpose. Yeah, on purpose. Because like I have this charter in, in my mind that like always holds me back. Because he will always send me the worst case scenario. Even like for a, I don't know, for a podcast, this might happen. You might say a word the wrong way. You might say something you didn't want to get in the public. And you will have always this shutter that was to, to try to prevent you from doing things. So this is my way of like overcoming all this shutter is that just put myself front of the tank and give myself no choice. Like I have vertigo, I would jump from the cliff. I would just put one foot front of the other and jump. Once I'm in the air, I can't come back. It's done. And so it's a little bit like uncomfortable. The uncomfort is very intense at the beginning. Uh, the fear as well. But once you do it, it's, it's, it just goes down. Got it's it. not as intense as before. So you were kind of training yourself being uncomfortable. Exactly. So I found a way to do it while I'm traveling and needed to find a way when I'm sitting somewhere. So this is how, like, for example, in Vancouver, I decided to do public speaking. It's something that, that really scares me. So I went to those... This scares many people. Yeah, this Toastmaster organization is not very expensive. You know, you know about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also finished uh, my Toastmasters like, certifications a while ago, but I understand what you mean. So this is how I trained. It's, it's like what I understood about fear. It's like you, if you do it gradually, it will go away. Like maybe you can speak front of an audience of thousand people the first day, but you can speak front of an audience of three and four and ten. If you do it gradually, you can basically overcome everything with the right training and practice. Everything can be overcome. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So you did all of the things. Were you still in Australia when you were doing all of those things? So scuba diving, skydiving, jumping from a cliff, all the stuff I, do, I did them in Australia. Uh, training, it was in China. And it was like a whole day program. You start at 6 in the morning, you're doing some Tai Chi, you have a light breakfast, and you start training all the, all the day. Uh, Monday, they have a nice training, which is conditioning. You start hitting the trees, and your colleagues are like beating you with sticks. And like uh, you start uh, bearing the pain. Um, Wednesday, they have like all the power power training where we do plank for 10 minutes and do 1,000 push-ups and things like that. And wow. Friday, you will like run in the mountain up and down for seven times till like you vomit. <laughs> and you did, did, you did all of those things? Yeah, yeah I did all of those Much things for a month. And after during the training, like... Uh, uh, I had my rib broken because I was laughing at the same time that someone was hitting me and it just went through and I, I get my rib broken. Wow. But and after I just like I say I have another month in China, I just took my backpack and start traveling. I was tight in the budget, but I did it and it was good. I see. I see. So the, the, the theme of your life at that moment is being comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? Yeah, so like seeking discomfort. Seeking discomfort, exactly. Yeah. Seeking on purpose. Yeah. On purpose. So so this whenever something comes up, you are open without even hesitation. Yeah. I want like I shut off my brain and I just use my instinct. I don't want to listen to him because it didn't serve me that much. He always prevents me from doing stuff that can be good for me. So there is like situation when you want to think about them, but there is others, it doesn't make any sense. 
So when it doesn't make any sense, I just shut off my brain and let my instinct take the control. So, um, so doing all these things, but at the same time, I think in the back, like you're still discovering. Uh, one thing I want to understand that, that so the points you wouldn't, how to put it this way? Because for me, what's really important is that what this person, I think for me, like um, personally, I've looked at, uh, like I'm just looking at my, my own, own life. One thing, it's a recurring event over and over again, is that if, if it put the, that's my opinion, by the way, it's not, uh, if you put the human world, the, the human journey into one word, it would be attitude, you know? It's not about what happens to you at what time, but you, how you react to that event and what kind of meaning does it give to you, right? Like it happened in your childhood, you said you, you blamed God, right? And, and it happens with all of us, right? The thing is, do we take the responsibility and do we take that meaning to a something, to a higher event, to our benefit? Or do we, we can, like... There is a story going on that um, it comes to my mind that there was this thing, there was these two brothers, they're twins, right? And their father was an uh, alcoholic and abuser in the family. Mm-hmm. And these two, uh, the um, twins, so they grew up differently. One of them was, I think, a uh, uh, professor at the university, very highly respected, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in a way a successful person. The other one was just like his father, you know, drunk and uh, abuser. So they asked the same question <laughs> from the same people. So, hey, what happened? You know, uh, I want to understand what happened with you. Like, why did it happen? The, the one the, who was successful, he said, um, look, my father was abuser and, and, the, the, and also the alcoholic. This is how, how I became to be. And the other one, he said, why happened? Can't you see it? My father was alcoholic, and that's why I become to be. So for mm-hmm. them, the, even the, the even the wording was the same, but what it meant to them was different. For the first one, mm-hmm. my father is alcoholic and an abuser. How can I be like him? It's obvious, yeah. you know. I did my best to avoid that. The other one was it was excuse. My father okay. was this. How else could I be someone else, right? Okay. So that makes sense. So I think that the, what I really want to understand is that when that story. So inner dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. self-talk shifted from blaming God to, hey, maybe it's me. Maybe I misunderstood that. So when did that happen? And was it that momentary thing or did it take a couple of, you know, interactions? Does it make sense? I think, it, yeah, it just, um, it took me time to, to, to have this shift. At the beginning, it was purely just anger. So I don't see anything else. I hold him responsible. And slowly, slowly, uh, I just see in my life that I'm not fulfilled, I'm not happy, this attitude is not getting me anywhere, it's just like killing me slowly. So this this shift of stop blaming uh, and take responsibility, I discovered later. I changed attitude because kind of my life forced me to change attitude because it was leading me nowhere. But I didn't have this shift of uh, I'm going to stop blaming Allah or people for my situation. I was like forced to look for another for another way out, but I didn't know yet the words. I didn't have like this self-conscious take of stop blaming. This is all things that I understood later on when I started reading in English. 
So, but the thing that that came with learning English is that all those motivational speakers like Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn and, and wherever we speak about the stuff, but it's, it wasn't very common in France. We don't have those kind of people, or at least I didn't know about them. Mm. So those people are discovering discovering them later. Absolutely. Uh, and for so, like the seven habits, like the first chapter was like being proactive. And this is really hit me when they say, take responsibility for yourself, focus on what you can control. And this is like took off maybe 80% of my problem when you start focusing on yourself and not what others do, it's like it's liberating. But those information, even if I was reading back in France, I was reading a lot, but I never picked up the book that will help me. I was reading to escape, I was reading like novels, things like that. Fiction. But not, yeah, fiction, things that, that I didn't need at that time. I see. So let's go back to your story. So now you're in Australia, you're doing all the screen things, um, I want to understand, like, that. The, well, at that point, said, look, now I've had enough. Now I'm ready for this discomfort. So, like, at some point, I think your travel in Australia ended. Then you come back to Australia. Sorry, the France. Is that correct? After I I came back to to France just to visit my family because I didn't want to stay in France anymore. I see. Because you see, the world is larger. Well, it's larger and the atmosphere in France were, wasn't very good for Muslims, so I don't want to be in this kind of atmosphere. I realized when I started traveling that actually I was depressed for a long time in France. I had like, for example, this habit of just listening to news while I'm not taking my breakfast and you have all those news that you listen to and you can do nothing about it. So you don't feel it when you are inside it, but you feel it when you change environment. That's why it's important now. It's way of life for me. I need to change environments. I need to change my sources of information. I need to have habits at the same time breaking them. I need to have all those various various things so I can have, I hope to have an accurate vision of my life and the world I'm living in. Got it. Okay. So you, you can pay for a visit, but uh, I think, did you come back to Australia or what happened then? After you visit your uh, after after I went to to UK, as I become more confident in English, but okay. I will stay in UK until Why I. Why UK? Mechanic. Because of English? Just because of English, yeah. I see. Because of English, and I have a friend there, so it was easier to go and stay with him a little bit until I start finding a job. So I had my job there, and I stayed in UK until I had my my Canadian visa, and I came to Canada. My plan to come to Canada is to work here and start traveling South America, which I never visit yet. So yet. this is like inshallah, the last, inshallah, it's the last part when I need to set a foot. And you, you want to, you want to visit? You mentioned South South America, right? South America, yeah. Okay, and w w what is the reason? Like any specific country, or just you want to go and? I just want to visit different culture. That's in this. Like, I want to visit Argentina because I love nature and there's like a whole part of the country that is totally just nature. There is no, no people there. So I want to visit like Argentina and start going up, Chile, and meet maybe uh, reveal, see meet all the people that I met in Australia and go to Peru and things like that. Like, ideally, I would have visited all the countries, but it's a little bit tight with the job when you when you mm. need to work uh, the whole year and wait for holiday. So this I is see. another thing that I want to work in the future and to have a job where I can be more flexible, working remotely. And now I see that, that it's possible and it's yeah. more common. Mm. That's true. That's true. Yeah, may Allah make your, uh, may Allah make your dream come true so you can visit uh, 
South America as well. Um, okay, uh, and but you, you also mentioned now you are living in Vancouver, right? Yeah. With your family, with your with your wife, I guess, at this point in time. Um, you mentioned like this is for being uh, for the last three four years. Is that correct? Yeah. So compared to all those countries you have lived and places you've been, how do you how would you rate Canada? I mean, it's interesting for me because I'm also new here. I've just been here only a year. Canada is really peaceful, uh, but at least for Vancouver, it's really hard to connect with people. I see. They are friendly, uh, polite, but they won't let you easily go into their circle. I see. Like I met many people that spend years maybe to be adopted by other people living here. Wow, interesting. So, um, yeah, I started looking on the internet and it said that Vancouver is a lowly city. It's apparently different from the other side of the Canada, but here it's, it's this way. So what made you go to Vancouver? Like, why didn't you come, for example, Toronto, you know, in, in, in this, this part of the Ontario? It was an easy decision. I just look at the map of the weather and decide that Vancouver is uh, more friendly Richard? for me. Yeah. Okay. The weather, I don't want to live like the minus 40 during the winter. That's why I came oh, to Vancouver. Yes, so yes, I yes. The for you, you were in Denmark. So maybe Toronto makes sense. It's like it doesn't change. I think, much. I think <laughs> you, what you did probably, you begin and went into the comfort zone. You know, you probably choose another comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. I say, okay, That's the weather. Sweet. I will go to Vancouver. It's much better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but I mean, I've not been to Vancouver, but I heard about things like beautiful nature, um, mm -hmm. but also heard that more cloudy days, I guess, there compared to yeah. uh, compared to Toronto and around this place. We've been here only a year and a half. We can see all four seasons. You're right. There's summer, there's autumn, beautiful colors, and there's winter as well, right? You get to see the really uh, cold but for me it's fine I want to see all four seasons you know uh, okay. just summer not summer but um, yeah I think the here my experience has been not the same I guess I, I of course I had friends close friends before coming here but since then I think for me even neighbors here and other people they I don't I didn't see that experience what you said so it's, it's uh, more I guess open welcoming I don't know I've not been to Vancouver so I cannot compare but so I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't complain on that, on that part. Sounds good. So uh, let's come back to what the... Bring, what go ahead. you to Canada? Say, sorry? What, what brought you to Canada? Uh, yeah, uh, what brought me to Canada is uh, mainly, as you said, like, Alhamdulillah, my, my life was good in Denmark. I had, the, I had the house and everything I wanted. But in the, not only in Denmark, but I think in France, and the whole Europe, I felt that this this... Political, you know, politics going mm -hmm. against the Muslims, the minorities. That's what I felt. That I don't want to raise my kids there, to be honest. Mm -hmm. okay. And I'm, I'm happy we made a choice to Canada. To Canada, they're very friendly people. They're very open people, and they embrace diversity. You know, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of Muslims. The Muslims are much more organized here. Like so it's open for everybody, not only for Muslims. You know, yeah. so from that point of view, I'm happy we made the choice, and kids are happy. And so it was, I think it was the right choice. Uh, like, you know, I, I can, I can tell from that point of view. Alhamdulillah. So, um, coming back to your story, one of the reasons I think that connects us between us, like I didn't know about you, only I came to know you because of your writings as a Muslim shepherd, right? Tell me about that journey. So when did it started, how it started and why you do what you do? Uh, 
it starts with seeking discomfort. Okay. Uh, I wasn't comfortable to do public speaking, so I said, when I came to Canada, I need to keep putting myself in those kinds of situations where I'm not comfortable. So I say public speaking is, is one of my biggest fears. Let's go and try to, be, to become better at it. But what I didn't expect is when you do public speaking, you have to write speeches. This is when I start writing speeches because I never wrote before. Mm-hmm. English was, it was just a couple of years I started reading in English as well. Like my first book in English, it was starting with why, and it was when I, in UK. So English was... That was why they're from, by Simon Sinek, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so English was recent. I just started reading in English and now I'm doing public speaking in English. So it was like a little bit all complicated, but I didn't expect I would have to write as well. And this is what my experience with the writing starts. People start saying, ah, oh, you write well. Of course, they will give me feedback about my intonation, gestures and all the stuff, uh, how to look. But mostly they say, yeah, your speeches are good. So this is how my my experience with writing started it, with Toastmasters. And after when the COVID happened, I just say I need to summarize kind of all my reading. At that time, I was reading a lot about leadership and, and I had no job. So it was the perfect opportunity to start like writing about it because I had like notes all over the place and I wanted something more organized and that can benefit others at the same place. Absolutely. And, and the, the name Muslim Shepherd came from the hadith that all of you are shepherds and all of you are responsible for their flock. And at the same time, I was doing like, uh, I did uh, speeches about this, this hadith and the leader of people is their servant. So all those concepts were, 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 were around for a while. And this is how I started the blog. Absolutely. Have you read uh, Simon's the other book? It's called The Infinite Game. No, I haven't. Uh, this is a new book I haven't really. Yeah, that's yet. an interesting one as well. Um, I, I'm um, as, as I mentioned to you that I, I finished recently the Tony Robbins the, the coaching certification. I would like to. Um, I did it for myself first because I really want to understand, as I said, the why we do what we do, and I benefited a lot. And even I studied with my kids. Um, I mean, of course, you want to benefit your family first. First yourself, mm-hmm. then your family, then, then the other people, right? It's in that order. Yeah. Not like you change yeah. the world and you forget about your family. Totally. So, um, yeah, so I, I started implementing on myself. I'm also like, I, I learned about habits. So there was this tiny, I'm also a tiny habits coach, certified tiny habits coach. Uh, I learned this from another Stanford University because uh, I really want to imp- understand why we do what we do, like how we can change it, your, our habits, right? Mm-hmm. I started walking 10,000 steps, you know? It took me like a while, but I, it, it, I learned that. Um, I started with uh, 100, then 1,000, then 2,000, it took me. And then I also even shared this with other people. I taught other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. and But that was the next step for me to learn from the... Um, just learning the habits is good, but I also wanted the overview of the, the, the human psychology, you know, how to, it's like very similar to the, as, as mentioned, the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but it's, it's a much more, bit more, I think, detailed. It really helps. The one you were talking about, the things you, know, you mentioned, for example, comfort, discomfort, and growth, right? It's actually mm-hmm. the human, like a core human needs, like at the base level, you have the certainty. This is the comfort mm-hmm. zone, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be comfort. You want to be things expected as you want. And as much as you want it, there is, there is some 
there is a limit, right? And of course, you want to wake up in a place that you have a head on. You want to make sure your food coming somewhere. But there is a limit to it, right? If you want to take it more than this, it will begin to limit you. It will actually make you ignore all other needs. You will begin focusing and you will get depressed. That's what happened to you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the next, next level is the variety. It's called uh, uncertainty. This mm -hmm. is why you wanted, I really like that, that you try different things and mm -hmm. say, you know what, I'm going to screw you with certainty. I'm going to screw you with the other win, right? It's called mm -hmm. uncertainty. You yeah. end up doing, uh, so you embrace the unexpectedness in life, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there are things you can control, there are things you cannot. Even some things, mm -hmm. you have to let it go, right? And that's yeah. when you do the uncertainty part. Uh, and after, before you, you embrace this uncertainty, you cannot get go to the next level. It's like a game, right? Yeah. Uh, and after uncertainty comes the significance. Third level, which is every person, they want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be respected, right? They want to mm -hmm. be loved and all the stuff. And this is called the significance. And trust me, each of us, to some level, we have this. And it's mm -hmm. natural to have this, right? But the key is, is the balance. If you do it too much, you become narcissistic. Like you've yeah. seen people on Instagram, you know, they always take mm -hmm. their own photos. You may have seen it, right? It's all about yeah. them. What they are eating, what they are saying, it's too much. Before I understand, why do people do this? Now I have a better idea. Because these people are seeking significance. Someone in mm -hmm. their life maybe messed them up, but they didn't say this world. We know, mm -hmm. we love you as you are. You don't have to do this like Instagram yeah. lifestyle, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so that's the love being like you know this is a being like uh, so the next level that this is the uh, I, the way i interpret it this is the self-love you know you should love yourself but to a certain extent that's the key but the next one is the love and connection level this is when you connect with other people when you love when like for example when you get married when you're a spouse right you cannot grow to this level before you do the significance part you have to love your level to some extent however with the love you have to put yourself down again. You cannot put yourself first. You know that in marriage, you cannot put yourself first. You have to yeah. put the, you know, the relationship first, you know, togetherness mm -hmm. first. Like, if you can, that's, that's, that's another, like, certainty is evil twin, uncertainty, always fight each other. The significance in love, they also love each other, you know, fight each other. Mm -hmm. Significance is important, but there must be a limit. And so, the, before you get to the next level, love and connection. If you want to connect with people, you have to listen to them. You have to make them also feel loved, feel listened, right? And that one requires some maturity. And these four needs I mentioned, this is crucial for everyone, you see, as a human being. Um, everybody on earth, they feel this, meet these needs somehow, even today. You do this every day, I do this every day. Some ways are healthy, some are not, right? You have to understand which are healthy, which are not. Those not healthy ones, you have to understand and try to replace it with a healthy one on the long term. So as Tony says, this four is crucial for everybody. However, with this four, you still may not be fulfilled. To be fulfilled, you have to do the growth, number five. Mm -hmm. Growth is what? Growth is growing body-wise, huh? growing mentally, growing spiritually. Mm -hmm. And it's a constant thing. If you don't grow... We die, right? And, yeah. and the growth is also happening to us at all the time. We cannot stop it. Like, for example, people say, oh, uh, like, I've studied at the school. That's it. No. If you want it or not, you are learning everything every day. 
Maybe you're not conscious about it. Maybe mm. you're just watching hours of Netflix. That's, that's your way of getting information. Maybe it's mm. not useful. But if you're being conscient, conscious about it, if you change their habits, that thing could be reading a book or that thing could be learning something new that will benefit you, make you grow spiritually, mentally, all right? Mm. Um, so that's number five, it's growth. Number six, the ultimate one, it's called uh, giving, giving, you know, it's contribution. If you remember, as a Muslim, we are always encouraged to give sadaqah, right? Mm. Giving back. So without giving, you will really not fulfill. Because until here, you're taking, 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 right? Even learning is taking from someone, right? Yeah. Um, so the, without the last step, you still cannot be fulfilled. Like you, that, that, that point, you have to say, okay, I, I, I have gotten so much. Now it's mm. time to give back. So, so the, your, your action of writing was also that, you know, not only learning, but giving back, mashallah, mm. alhamdulillah. So it will give a meaning in your life. And these are the things, um, alhamdulillah, like, like I learned and just, just um, changed. And then also, when I read the Infinite Game by Simon Sinek, it, he talks about, um, about the reality, how we look at the reality, you know, we don't really live like we just exist, barely exist. We go to work, we don't think about it. Instead, he says that we, like, but the infinite game, the coin, is not turned by him. Actually, there was another uh, author who wrote the book called Infinite Game. He borrowed the idea. Uh, but it's good. I still learn from both of them. So the idea is that look at the life as infinite game in a way that in this life, you know, uh, have you read about the Abdul uh, Rahman, I think, Abdul Rahman's uh, Islamic psychology, about how he analyze the psychology according to the Islamic uh, methodology? Have you come across that? Yeah, Rahman? Yes. I think I wrote an article about Islamic psychology. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I mentioned Mas it, he has all this, uh, the, the, the body, like come at the surface and you have like the heart. On the top there's Allah SWT, exactly, right? On the bottom, yeah. Satan. And, and yeah. in the middle of it, there's the qalb, right? There's the qalb, yeah. there's the heart, there's the mind, yeah? Mm -hmm. Exactly, so like the... The idea, my idea is like I'm trying, what I'm trying to do is that trying to combine that word what I learned from Tony Robbins, Islam and Cynic with Al Rahman's the paradigm shift, like in a way that I understand the infinite game, like as you said, you are not competing against somebody else, right? You are with yourself, no one else. You are like higher self, we call the ruh, lower self, we call the nafs, ego. It's a constant battle between these two guys, right? Mm -hmm. And whoever you feed the most is going to mean. The how you feed them is the attitude. What you tell stories, you're telling to each other, right? Whatever happened to you, you're in the middle. You're giving a meaning to them. You're giving a good meaning or a bad meaning. So then the actions will depend. So it goes to the granular level. And, uh, and the idea is, I guess, that to understand on that level. So th that's what I, I was, I, I am trying to do is like to put this thing together for me. So even with the kids, that, that, that's the point I was playing. I'm trying to teach my kids, hey, you are not against your sister or brother. You mm. are against yourself. I know you get angry, but don't say bad words to him, right? Instead, uh, try to forgive him. That doesn't make sense. So, like, so these things we are playing with them, with my, with my kids. And then my, my point is also, uh, based on your writing, what I saw that I think, I, I haven't read that article, but I read the other one when you mentioned, uh, I think it was about uh, Tony Robbins, like, Every emotion has a story, like why you get angry, yeah. for example, why you are afraid, and all these things. Um, so I benefit on that one. I haven't uh, come across before, at, uh, even though I went through it, it wasn't new for me. 
one of the things I would like to ask you, Brother Amin, is um, right now, as you said, you're in between jobs, you're seeking opportunity, inshallah. Like, if it was up to you, how, like, you, your journey continues, right, inshallah, moving forward, mm -hmm. how would you see the, how would you see your life moving forward? How would it be like? Like, if you can do any job you want, you can get paid, you can live the life you want, what would you like to do? I would like ultimately to like earn money from my writing so I can dedicate all my time for it. Okay. But but if I can reach it right away, I will try to shift from a job where I can work remotely and where I can like keep traveling and doing what I what I'm doing right now. Because I need you can stay in a place for example six months and go travel in another country for another six months and discover another culture. Because I found that when you live in the West, you will have a mindset of the West. If you go a little bit to the East, you will find like a totally different mindset. So the West is not the ultimate source of knowledge. There is mm -hmm. a lot to learn from them. But as I'm staying here most of the time, I will become thinking just like them and maybe having all those blind spots. So more you travel and you change experiences and habits and all the things, you'll start seeing things differently and maybe uncover those blind spots that you might have in your thinking or your way of living. I see. That's why, like traveling, I want it to be part of my life, like till I die. It's something I will not like let it go. I'm gonna ask you one tricky question. Like when you were single, things were maybe easier. Like how would you do that as a family with your wife? Is your wife open to the idea? Yeah, I'm bringing. I'm brainwashing her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, inshallah. Okay, so but, is, but you don't have any kids yet, have you? No, not yet. Okay. But there is, there is, as I read about parents that travel with their kids, and there is a way to do it. So maybe you can have a big van or a bus and change it and travel in your van. But there is a way to travel differently, even when you have a family. And I think it, it, it's a good experience for them because not all learning need to come from school. They can have like real life experience when they are traveling, if ever you have kids. I see. I see. You know what? Um, that was that was a very very I think informational and transformational talk. I learned about like being comfortable with the uncomfortable from you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, what I what I'm gonna do after our talk? Uh, when you give your link, of course, we'll share on the you know on on the podcast so people can go and bid and benefit from your articles, inshallah, as well. And uh, there are two things. Um, one thing is um, I know. One not one more person who is a very close friend of mine. Um, he's right now in Istanbul, but he also did something like you did. He traveled many many places. I would like to, with your permission, connect you two both, so you guys can exchange and maybe he can. I'm not sure if he traveled the the South America, but he traveled so many countries uh, while working. You know. And maybe you guys can exchange ideas. You can get, uh, inshallah, learn something. Or maybe he can learn something from you as well, right? Because, you know, when you talk, you can learn so many things. So it could be beneficial for you. Number two thing is, um, what I, as I said, as I mentioned about the coaching, I started, I myself, uh, is, um, I'm like a serial entrepreneur. Like I, I have, uh, alhamdulillah, uh, companies, uh, there are some are doing well and some are still uh, coming up right now. But as I said, my passion is Muslim entrepreneurs and helping them and supporting them. Like if I wanted right now, I could do what you wanted. I could travel. I could travel. I don't have to be in one place. 
me so but somehow i what i really learned from myself and i'm just telling you i i traveled for me it didn't the way it didn't work is that when i'm traveling i'm in a different state of mind you know for me i i'm in a i'm like exploration mode uh, i cannot sit in the computer but with with that job i do like uh, with the with the helping other companies we have to do analyze we have to be focused on the task mm. so that one shift was for me difficult that's why even though i don't have to but i i i prefer to work from the one single location focus on the job you know instead of moving but maybe it will be different for you like for me it's different that's why i don't travel to be honest and because of the covid as well right right yeah. now but later on it may change but my second offer for you is that inshallah like after this call let's uh, let's uh, let's catch up i will also share we also created a um, group on facebook uh, muslim investors and startups and entrepreneurs please join and we are also going to have inshallah like weekly live things and there for example one of the things ideas we might discuss could be for example how do we take the idea for example for you it's the writing and we have some Muslims for them it's a public speaking for someone it's something else so one of my passion is to help these people to take their passion and to make it into something a source of income so they can do uh, what they love inshallah so I think I invite you to join and inshallah it will be beneficial for you from that point of view as well uh, as a last question I know thank you very much for your time I think it, 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 I took you more than expected but one last thing like is there any question I should have asked I didn't ask or maybe you want to mention something else now would be a good time to do that I think it's not a question just maybe add uh, something else about about the blog like there is all this period of my life where I messed up and I can't go back about it. So this blog is a way of recycling my failure so that it benefits to other people. And I think everyone who like had uh, a life like me, many people who talk about Islam, they have like, this kind of perfect life. Me, I didn't have this kind of perfect life. No one has and... a perfect life, but <laughs> someone would like to show you they have a perfect life. Yeah, exactly. And so I think you can always like recycle this failure and make it benefit to someone else because I wasn't like the only one who have did this kind of lifestyle I was with other Muslims who have similar lifestyle and we are all messed up at some point because maybe a lack of knowledge or lack of curiosity or a way to do it so this kind of initiative I think it's important like what you try to do in bringing the Ummah in one website like uh, Faisal Amjad where you had at the podcast I try to do in with reviving the golden age so those are initiatives that must be known and people Muslim are much in need of those kinds of things absolutely absolutely and everyone there their own way of doing it absolutely so uh, instead of saying goodbye we see see you then right in the, in the inshallah group and other places I will connect you as well and um, as I said for me from where I stand like looking big based on your experience like there are so many things you can do you can you can create a course you can even coach people you know like how to you've been through how to go off this discomfort right to be comfortable with the unknown comfortable with the discomfort and i think that skill is teachable you know what i mean that skill you can teach a skill from anywhere you want if you want it just different packaging we need to package it differently give it to people and uh, people would uh, buy it pay for your services and it could inshallah you know sponsor your travels from other parts of the world inshallah, inshallah. <laughs>
Thank you very much, brother. I mean, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing. Assalamu alaikum.